Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. Back again with George and Ali and for the first time joined by FJC and Pat Who. How you doing, boys? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Well, I have to say I'm a lot better than I would have been if we'd been recording this podcast. I mean, even just an hour and a half, two hours ago. Um, such are the developments that we've had coming in. Um, where, where to start with this podcast? Goodness me. Um, I, I suppose your immediate reaction, guys, to the uh, developments with the, with the Super League and it being, well, canned, basically. Don't all jump at once. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a shock, isn't it? I think I'll I'll, I'll go first. Go it's it, it's all obviously un- unraveling right now, and we 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 can see it all falling apart as one stream of you know one string has been pulled out, and the whole thing comes crumbling down. It's absolutely beautiful, I must admit. Um, you know, maybe we'll get onto sort of Chelsea and, and Man City's role in that, and and how um, how much credit they should or should not be given. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a monumental moment in in football. It, it, this is how it must have felt like to live through um, just life changing moments in history. I, I genuinely believe that this is such a massive turning point in 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 certainly Premier League football. Um, I'm not sure about Spanish football. Um, they seem to have quite a solid presidential system, but Premier League football will never be the same again. After after this has happened, fans will never forget. Premier League will stop being complacent. Let's hope, uh, and I think there'll be a restructure to, to to ownership and 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 whatnot. But we will see. This um, this completely changes the way we think about just ownership in general. Um. I think the 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 major thing that changed for me is the ability to like separate the owners from what they own and like for example FSG uh, FSG they they own Liverpool but FSG are not Liverpool while they should be representatives of them but unfortunately like just the the last thirty years was all a build up to this to football. The owners of football clubs not representing the values of what they own in any way, and it's that that bridge that's been burnt. Um, that connection that's been completely disconnected between those owners and the the football clubs. Um, who they, that they own I hope that it, it changes um, it changes the way we think about about owners about owners and the and as George said stop being complacent um, ask more questions yeah uh, no try I to find as many answers as possible I, I think you're right in terms of asking questions and I suppose one of the biggest ones is 
how have we come to this point? I mean, how did we come to the point on Sunday night where you've effectively got a blanket statement being put out on the club's Twitter accounts and the websites without names attached to it at nine of the 12 clubs, without an explanation, without any open dialogue between the fans and the executives and the fans and the owners? How have we come to this point where effectively 12 individuals harbour so much power and influence over an entire football club and also an entire sport. It's incredible because uh, I'll, I'll go again, and I don't mean to take up too much time. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 bafflement of, of Klopp and Pep and uh, and even Tuchel to a certain extent shows that they weren't involved in this decision making whatsoever either, and that is such a disgrace. You talk about fans. Uh, I mean, yeah, fans. But managers, players weren't consulted. This is the fabric of a football team. Like, I, I, you know, they say that you can't have football without fans. Well, technically, you could get 11 players together and, you know, play in an empty stadium if you wanted to. So the fact that this has been a closed off um, uh, UEFA, I think UEFA president called them snakes, um, behind the... Ironic. The, yeah, it is ironic. ironic. It is. It is. You know, it, it, it's... We'll go on to we'll, it. We'll come to it, I'm sure. Yeah. Lesser of two evil sort of thing, yeah. But um, the fact that no one was consulted, no one knew. I mean, we, we knew that this was in the running, uh, but there were certainly no leaks or rumours for it to be now uh, and such a disgraceful time to announce it as well. Um, Pat, I believe your, your mic might be uh, uh, playing up a little bit again. <laughs> it's like a helicopter taking off that. <laughs> yep. It said Woodward's getting uh, landing on Pat's uh, back garden to, <laughs> to get him to stop talking about him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's incredible that they that they announced it at this time, uh, and the fact that they thought they could get away with it. Yeah, I, I think it's truly astonishing. I want to ask you, FJC, um, as the only person here who doesn't support one of the breakaway six clubs. Just sort of your reaction to it when you saw it, when it started like coming out uh, on Sunday and obviously they announced it. Uh, what sort of emotion did you have towards that and how did you feel about it? I wouldn't say I was shocked, but I was surprised it happened so quickly. Like, you, you've seen, there's been talk about this for pretty much the last six months or so and with the owners of each of those clubs, apart from maybe FSG, you'd be or maybe Levy as well. In a, in a way, you'd be expecting them to not be involved in something like that. But the the, the disconnect between top six and the rest of the football the football league in England has been getting bigger and bigger in terms of how fans feel towards owners and stuff like that. So it just made it pretty much made it out in the open. Is what I'd say. Mm. I think that's what Steve Parrish said yesterday on um, Sky Sports, which was that it wasn't really a surprise. And actually, he was sort of, in a way, glad it had happened because it was now all out in the open. It was clear for everyone to see. And, and perhaps this, you know, may well mark a turning point in in the way we look at football, particularly. Um, I sort of want to go back to when those when the statements came out and sort of when it was all announced, because... This, this shouldn't be swept under the carpet. We've had these yeah. developments. We've had, uh, well, we believe it's going to be cancelled. And obviously, I, I think I speak for everyone here when I say that like we're so relieved. It, I hope it's, it, it's a turning point, as I said. 
but we can't forget what's come before this because otherwise it won't be. Um, on the statement that went out, there was a couple of things. I mean, there was a lot I took issue with in truth. But if you just look at the way they actually done it, they put out a statement. They mentioned COVID on a number of occasions, so the pandemic, almost as if it were reasoning behind it. It was an opportunity to exploit it. And I think FJC's right when he says that this had been coming, but I think that this presented the opportunity to fast track it uh, for financial reasons, obviously, like the clubs in England lost over a billion, but also because you don't have the anger and resentment of the fans actually inside the stadiums. Now, I know obviously the scenes at Stamford Bridge tonight were, well, they, they, I think they were great, right? But from the owners' perspectives, they obviously weren't anticipating something like that at least not in the format it took place um but more more what i took issue with was on the actual statements itself and it was the same with arsenal it was the same with chelsea it was the same with liverpool it was the same with tottenham uh manchester united didn't even tweet it it was just on their website but the actual statement that went out was word for word the same statement and at the bottom of it was signed by three individuals, uh, Florentino Perez of Real Madrid, uh, Andrea Agnelli of Juventus, and Joel Glazer of Manchester United. Now, how tone deaf and how unreceptive of the fans that follow your club and the fans that follow the game do you have to be to put a statement out like that that doesn't have any communication from anyone at your club, but instead you've got the sign of approval of the vice chairman of one of your biggest rivals and someone we've never heard from in public. I, I mean, it true. It truly astonishes me. It truly astonishes me. And then they're going on about being guardians of the game and wanting what's best for fans. I mean, how you can how you can take the stance that you want the best for fans, yet proceed to make such a decision with such little dialogue, little transparency and take it with such disdain, it truly astonishes me. And if it is such a good idea, if you do want the best for the fans, and you are guardians of the game, tell us why it's such a good idea. Stick your neck out, and tell us why it's such a good idea. And tell us why we should be invested in this. It is so spineless. That is the, the one word. To, it is so spineless. The timing, and like you said, the content of that release... They've done it, and they've done it purposely at a time where there are no fans in the stadiums. That is disgraceful, it's reprehensible, and I'm so it's oh it's it's it, 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 it's it's shocking. I, I I can't believe the lack of morals. You know, you don't expect it from 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 you don't expect you know them to be the bastions of you know and and to be the the most uh, morally uh, morally good people. But come on. Have a heart. I'm so glad Liverpool fans took down their banners. What a great statement that was so quickly after it came out as well. Obviously, Klopp, I think Klopp got the wrong message from that. Uh, I don't want to blame Klopp too much. I'm sure he's, he was in a bit of shock as well. And that uh, was he, on the, like, he learned on it on the same day because the same went out at Yeah, midnight. I think he, he thought that was an attack on himself. It certainly wasn't. I think the fans were clearly... Uh, going after the owners, but such a spineless decision to do it when there's no fans in the in, in the club. And I don't think they thought fans would rally outside their own stadiums. Um, and I don't think they cared. 
that, that was for me the key is and, and that was one of the quotes cared. that came out that that they didn't care they knew this would be unpopular uh but their primary concern was revenues and profits and and football would be footballing reasons would be kind of a a secondary concern in all of this and do you know what really like gets my back up about it and really pisses me off probably more than anything is they've gone away and they've done this the first people that have to answer questions about this the first people that have to try and explain to the fans and explain to the media fielding all these questions and accusations of why this has gone on is the managers who 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 by the sounds of it knew as much about it as we did and the players did, which is virtually next to nothing, next to nothing. And as you said, George, they are the, without them, there isn't football. There isn't, there's nothing. You have an empty product and to be taken for granted and thrown under the bus and left in the lurch as they were. It, I mean, it is truly astonishing that, that such a thing could happen. I'm interested to hear Pat's opinion on this. Hopefully the helicopter has landed. Um, and, the uh, the fact that Jose Mourinho was sacked like what six hours after <laughs> something weird like that. There's a lot to be said on that. <laughs> yeah, um, and, like has it? First of all, Pat, it, it, like how do you feel about Mourinho stepping down or either getting sacked or just walking out? Who knows? Who knows what happened there? But um, he, got he got sacked. But. How do you feel about not having a manager a week before your biggest game since 2008? Uh, Ryan Mason is our manager, and he yeah. will get us top four. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You, like, Harry, you talk about managers having to face the questions. Poor Ryan Mason. Oh, mate. First press conference, 29 years old. Not only did he have to answer questions about like becoming a manager of a team that is miserable, not only did he have to answer questions about Mourinho, but the Super League as well. This poor guy is just like, I got here a minute ago. All this stuff is on my plate now. Like, I don't know. Just, like, leave me alone. I want to come back to something that Ali said. He talked about dissociating uh, the club from the owner. Yeah. And obviously there's an American element to all this. And as, like, a fan of multiple American teams, I have to dissociate myself the team from the owner for every team i support because i despise every owner i have and if you ask any american fan of any american franchise i guarantee that maybe like 80 percent of them also hate their owners because in american sports it's already become a business like it's only a business they don't care about the fans at all they just want to get their paycheck and move on so i don't know it's very it's i don't think this is the end of the super league either i think that it will happen again. I think the Euro- European football will become more Americanized as time goes on as well. Yeah. I, 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 I do not think the Super League makes a comeback, by the way, because whatever form of the Super League makes a comeback with it, the, the idea, if it comes with anything like the idea that it was bef- proposed before, it's a, it's a closed league for the elite yeah. to get as much money as possible. It, it is. That base idea is the base idea that was rioted about today in the streets and that got the 12, uh, the dirty dozen, um, in a meeting today, tonight, hopefully, the news will come out as we record, maybe, that the Super League has been completely disbanded. The thing that astonishes me most and the the thing that that really 
that I really think about more than any other. And the last thing I think about is the football, by the way, and the quality of the game and um, and what the, the games will look like and where the games are going to be played. The My primary thought is courtesy. The, if you're ever going to leave your job, at least where where I work, we have this policy, and it's pretty common. You give a two weeks courtesy to make whoever the manager is to plan ahead, to make plans. And you you like in most cases, you don't just quit. So you get a job somewhere else. It's a better opportunity. You let your manager know, and then you give them a a bit of a space of time to make them make decisions next. This all happened in six hours from the moment that the rumors came out. Yeah, to our knowledge. To the yeah. moment that the uh, the statement was announced or the, the Super League was announced. I also... The... Sorry, George. Sorry. No, sorry. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll have to rattle through a lot of things I have in mind right now. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Some air time. Um, and... You have to think about the employees at this football club, at these at these twelve teams, how they must have felt when half of the team was probably asleep and half of the team is probably awake and they're at bed getting ready to go to bed. And they open up Twitter for a moment and they find that. And that's how they learn about it. Yeah. I mean I mean it sounds like they were in the dark. Jurgen Klopp heard it at the same moment or maybe after as I did a fan in America a fan in the US he, he learned about it next morning the fact that he, he had to wait till the morning to get the news from social media and from Sky Sports how, must, how it must have felt for the other employees at the, at the football club to find themselves probably their their entire career changed. That's about career and livelihood and families affected. It, it, the it changes in the structure of the entire industry you're working at at a worldwide level. In a in a in a signature, in a signature, the thought, and it still remains even after the Super League is going to be disbanded. The thought that there are some people that have the power to do whatever they want, no matter how morally twisted, no matter how insane, unthinkable, sudden, weird it is, no matter how disgusting it is, knowingly disgusting, they know that it's not going to be a popular thing. And they've still done it. I think about families of of teenage prospects who have, like, this 14-year-old player, hypothetically, that's come from a Central African or Northern African country and flown to Madrid and joined their academy with the chances of developing themselves as a player making it elite making it senior being the best player they can representing their country at a world cup or a continental competition 
or doing well for their families, setting generations up for the future. And then you do that. The, the amount of ignorance and, and how much humanity surrounding the sports industry is an afterthought is, is completely, it's not surprising. As FJC said, it's, it's not a surprising decision whatsoever in base. It's completely astonishing that they've done it that quickly, without notice, without approval from absolutely anyone. It, it completely and forever, for the rest of the sports history, puts the basic ideas of courtesy under threat just for the rest of our lives. And I, I cannot see it any other way, no matter what happens to the Super League or the boards involved. Unless there are monumental changes at every football association in the entire world in the way that they run the structure of the club so that we make sure that people know what's happening, what's coming next. And it's such a basic idea. You let people know what's going to happen. The UEFA Champions League format was changed for 2024. It's happening in three years. Plus, and they're talking about changing this for was, August. They were talking about it, doing it in August, in a year of a pandemic. A pandemic. Uh, you know, I think you raised such a good point in that it, it, it is quite unique the way they've managed to make me feel. These twelve individuals, they have alienated me and probably every other football fan across the world, and compelled us to feel goodwill almost towards maybe not goodwill but the way i'd summarize is i feel like i'm standing shoulder to shoulder arm in arm with sky bt the premier league uefa fifa for dip for a variety of different reasons whether it's sky and bt with their extortionate monthly subscription fees the premier league changing yeah. fucking fixtures 48 hours before before the kickoff and shafting fans whether it's UEFA sending Arsenal and Chelsea to Baku and and, and having 12,000 of the 60,000 fans there actually supporters of the two teams, whether it's FIFA and the Qatar World Cup, I despise all of these organisations. I absolutely despise them. Yet, these 12 individuals have compelled me to stand on the side of them. And yet, I feel like in this, it's... It's money versus money. The, these these guys are the reason that the game has drifted further and further and further and further and further away from fans. And why our, our influence in the game and us mattering has waned to this point where owners have effectively decided they're going to make their own league. I mean, I mean, it is truly astonishing that, that, that they have conspired to make us feel such a way. I, I honestly never thought I, I was capable of of agreeing wholeheartedly with all these institutions. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, and it's, it's incredible, so Harry. ironic. It, and sorry, before we move on, um, Trent and Jordan Henderson, um, a minute ago, while you were talking, Harry, yeah, uh, they put out a very short statement. And I think, like, seeing Trent and Henderson do that, I think it's, um, like, the entire squad. I'll look to see, like, if the rest of the squad posted this. But 
it's a very short statement said we don't like it and we don't want it to happen this is our collective position our commitment to this football club and its supporters is absolute and unconditional you'll never walk alone yeah that's a fuck you that is I and, mean, that, uh, yeah. and that, that is it, that's a fantastic statement i'm glad i'm glad they did that we saw milner doing it uh yesterday as well um patrick bamford uh raised a really good point about about um you know uefa and fifa and, and their reaction to, to racism and kick it out and how <laughs> when money is put on the table uh, and money's taken away from them, they they care. They seem to care a lot more than uh, when a you know a, a player gets abused in 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 the Turkish lead in the Premier League. You know, with Chelsea fans abusing Sterling and whatnot, uh, and the reaction that Premier League gave that. You know, so you this is about money. It's it's about money. It's about power. It's about influence. But I want to move on to something. You said that it obviously it put you on the side of UEFA um, and made you know change allegiances to, to, to you know to support that side, Harry. Yeah. And also, it not only did that, it it genuinely, and I uh, looking back, I, I I still don't know how to feel about it. It genuinely wavered my commitment to the club that I've supported since I can remember. I I've supported Chelsea since I think two years old because. You know, you can't really support a club before that. I mean, I mean, if you can, you know, from what I can remember, it was. You've only known Chelsea. That's I've the only, point. I've isn't only it? known Chelsea, and I, and we've got a, a Discord, and on the Discord, I said I will not support Chelsea, and this was going to be my argument before this this whole thing crumbled. I will not support Chelsea while they are in the Super League, and I know other people are going to make other decisions about their club, and I don't think. I'm being more moral or, or, or in my decision. It's just something I couldn't do. I, I, it's anti. It's not football. Their proposals were the. It's the antithesis of football. Football was built on community, jeopardy, and glory. The the, the idea that any club can rise through the leagues and get promoted and get to the Premier League and win the Premier League, and. Uh, Vice versa, any club could get relegated if they're complacent or if they don't invest in their youth or, or or whatnot. The idea that you can be relegated and not a big club anymore. If this thing had started 40, 50 years ago, we'd be talking about Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest, Derby, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, potentially, uh, in, in, the, in the talks for, for the big six. The idea that this big six is permanent is a joke. Chelsea had won one league before 2003, 2004, 2005. Tottenham's Cup final on next weekend is their biggest game since 2008. Yeah, Tottenham haven't won anything in 2008. And before that, I I, I mean... 1992 for the FA Cup, 61, as FCC said. It's laughable. Can we stop? It's it's, it's laughable and it's, it's... um, the irony that they they or, or the audacity that they think that they can say no we're we're the we're the the big twelve. What does that mean? What does that mean? You see Leicester coming into things. They got, I mean, they got quarterfinals the the um, Champions, Champions League. League. They they won the Premier League. They've won the uh, Premier League more recently than three of the teams that are in that big six. It's, it's disgusting. Uh, and and so I want to go back to the thing they they made me. They forced me, these bastards, to question my loyalty to the only club that I have ever known. 
because I didn't think my club existed anymore. Because to me, it didn't exist. In that the, format, the memories still exist. Yeah. But in that format, Chelsea did not exist. And people might have different opinions to that, and I, I, I completely accept it. But yeah, I mean... The, I, fact, it, the fact they even made me consider that. Oh, it, it says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, like, yeah. I've been a season ticket holder for over a decade. I think FJC the same. Um, I mean, it, honestly, it to even consider what you're talking mm. about, for me... Like to even have those thoughts and and to even be typing it or speaking about it, I, I just I, I can't imagine a world in which that could happen. And yet mm. here we are, or here we were, I should probably add, yeah, in a position where you almost feel obliged to turn your back on your football club for for yeah. the better of the sport, but. At the same time, I I was of this dilemma. I, obviously, for next season, like, do I want my season ticket if we're in this European Super League? And on the one hand, I'm thinking, well, I have absolutely no desire to 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 watch this team under this ownership. I have no desire to compete in this in the J.P. Morgan Mickey Mouse Cup or whatever it was going to be called. Um, I have no desire to see us win it, and I don't want to show support for this. But then on the other hand. I look at it and I think I've been going for over a decade, as I said, been going before this ownership even were in place. Why should, as you said, these bastards, these temporary custodians have any influence over why I support my club? Yeah. Because my club is not them. They, they do not represent anything to do with Arsenal Football Club as far as I'm concerned. They have brought nothing. They haven't, brought, they haven't spent a penny it brought us zero in the way of success. This, this is the thing I was going to add on when you were to talk about why we're in the... Why do these clubs have a sort of divine right to be in there? We've, we've won no Premier Leagues and no Champions Leagues under the Cronkies. We haven't even got close. You, so you, you were in the Champions League since 2016. We haven't been in the Champions League since 2016 under them. And yet they, they think we're a big club. Well... Yeah, we were a big club, and you're doing your best to undo our reputation as a big club. And it, and it is astonishing. It is absolutely astonishing how they think they have a divine right to profit off success that has come before their ownership. And not just success, but success in competitions that we would no longer be a part of if this were all to go through. And... It is effectively, Pat, Pat hinted at it earlier, it's effectively turning football into entertainment. It's no longer a sport. There's no longer that competitive element to it. It's it's franchises. It's entertainment for people. There's zero jeopardy in it all. There's no relegation. There's no promotion. There's no meritocracy to it all. Staggering. Absolutely staggering. I wanted to ask FJC on this. Um, when When you look at the, the sort of stuff that was proposed and obviously it looks like it's all falling apart. What's your attitude towards these teams coming back into the league? Like, do you think they should be punished for what they've attempted to do? Would you like to see them be punished? And I'd like to see them be punished. Yeah. In, in what way? I doubt, what, I doubt what, it'll happen, but what do you think would be um, appropriate? Points deductions, maybe, I don't know. You're away from like banning them from the champions league would be good too, but it's, you just need to see something be done about it to show you can't you can't just get away with flaunting this idea about and to come just when it goes 
horrifically wrong, expected just to come back into the league with no no repercussions. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I look at it and I think if Arsenal were kicked out the, the Europa League, uh, Chelsea were kicked out the Champions League, Man City were kicked out the Champions League, uh, Man United, and also there was a points deduction, however uh, severe that may be, what cause for complaint could they have? I do think there there is some, because at the end of the day, you also have to think, again, about staff. Those um, deductions and punishments, however financially or you know on the sporting level, severe they are, this is... The, the, the players have done nothing wrong. The staff of those football clubs have done nothing wrong. So while I as a Liverpool fan would like to see Liverpool come back in the fifth year because they have pulled out of the Premier League effectively. I also have to think about what this means for, for whoever is working at Liverpool. This is the, this is again, the problem with all of this is that you've, you've just, you've just risked the, the future, the financial and career future of hundreds and hundreds of people that work at, at, 12 football clubs and when when we think about sanctions and um and punishments we have to think about that side of it too in my opinion but i i would like to see i think um i think a a good like the best case scenario is just all of the the owners to walk out and be denied access to sports again and public opinion in general um, but at the same time, the, the the those punishments will be important to set an example. But we have to think about careers, definitely, and livelihoods, definitely. Just what, what I would add to that as well, uh, it, it, we need we do need to think about that, and it, it, it's important. And points deductions and banning from a year's Europa League, Champions League, does so little. It, it is so temporary. Um, unless you relegated them, which I think uh, for some well, you do, you do a twenty far. point twenty point deduction yeah, Arsenal and the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. But, but <laughs> what? So, so my argument would be we, we need something more permanent. And for me, and it's radical. The only way is the fifty plus one system. It's the only way we save football in this country. Because one thing I will add. Um, and perhaps it wouldn't it wouldn't apply to every single ownership in in in, in the Premier League. You know, Steve Parrish seems like a, a good owner, and and so does uh, Leeds at the minute owners. Uh, but if Massimo Cellino was still in charge, then then this would this would apply. Uh, that <laughs> if it, if it was he offered, wasn't even our worst owner. I, mean. <laughs> I know, I know. And if it was offered to teams like West Ham, um, I'm not sure about Leicester, but but, but teams like West Ham and Wolves. If they were the so-called big six right now, I have no doubt in my mind they would have been in on this as well. Uh, and I don't mean to—that's not me, me attacking their clubs. That you know, and, and, no, but I think you're right. I'm I, merely I... saying, uh, yeah, I'm merely saying that clubs without consent from their fans will always have business uh, business um, at the top of their list of, of priorities, and until we produce a system such as the the system that is in Germany that has clearly worked because Bayern Munich's not in this mess 
They weren't asked, apparently. We will never, yeah, we will never get rid of the talks of a Super League or the talks of um, of maintaining the big sixes reputation so that it is no longer football, so that they're permanently up there, so that the business and the money uh, of people like the Glazers is protected. And that is their number one priority. So, so yes, point deductions may be fines for the owners, banning from European competitions that, that that's all well and good but we need and it is the only time that I think this is this is ever going to work we need 50 plus one yeah. Pat what do you think well with the 50 plus one in Germany even like even though it is 50 plus one you look at teams like Leipzig like they're basically owned by Red Bull even though it's 50 plus one Bayern Bayer Leverkusen are basically owned by Bayer so it doesn't always work, but I do think that like you do need to change the ownership ownership system, and uh, it's not as permanent. But uh, the YouTuber Stuntpeg did a video on it, and he said that if you do like point deduction or like ban them from uh, Champions League or stuff like that, that ultimately hurts the fans and the players, not the owners. So she said mm-hmm. that like hitting them with massive fines and then taking that money and actually giving it to the teams lower in the pyramid. And I thought that was an interesting point and. I think it would do a lot of good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look at if I apply that example to to Arsenal, for example. The only time I've ever seen the Arsenal ownership uh, authoritative and actually take action is as soon as their pockets started getting hurt. They sacked Arsene Wenger when the attendance is sort of started getting around that forty five, forty thousand mark. Goodness, all is wrecked. Gunnarsson, they sacked Gunnarsson Rex. <laughs> um, they sacked Unai Emery uh, when it when it was apparent he wasn't going to get us back into the Champions League. They got rid of our head of football when he started taking money for himself when he was doing deals with super agents. So I I think Pat's right. Like you have to hurt the owners like ultimately in 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 their pockets and. Football can't be allowed to continue like this. It, it absolutely can't be because we're being held to ransom, really. And I think this, I, I honestly, I said it earlier and I, I'll say it again, this just confirms for me what I've known for five, six, seven years about our ownership. And it might be the best thing. I mean, honestly, like, I didn't think it on Sunday because it obviously looked like it might happen and the wheels were in motion for it. Now that it has all fallen flat in such an embarrassing and catastrophic way, it might be the best thing that ever happens to English football. Yes. I mean, it really might be. And that, Not I think, English football, football in general. Football in general. I mean, like, and maybe that's what the conversation should be about, is how do we then go from this to a point where we feel like we, we matter, ultimately? Because... At the moment, it, it couldn't be further from that. It really couldn't. We must but... not rest here because, sorry, um, FJC was it, but uh, what I would say on that is if we do not change things permanently, UEFA is just as corrupt as as these bastard top uh, top 12. And what I would, what needs to happen, and see, what I see the Super League as is, is more of a, I, I was worried that it was going to be a, used as a bargaining chip to make UEFA pretty much yeah, create a, power a Super play. League. Yeah, a power play to make to force UEFA to go even more radical radical on their Champions League setup. And I think that can still happen. 
because the top 12 don't lose their power here. They've still got it unless things change. You know, they, they, they start getting ousted. Um, so what we need to do is make sure that if UEFA... Because UEFA is slyly trying to change things very slowly over time with making a new league system. The Champions League system at the minute works well, for, for especially for smaller teams who deserve to be there because they've won their league system. Do you think that... Not just just, to, just to play devil's advocate on that, on it working well for smaller yeah, teams, if you take a team like, I don't know, Olympiakos or Shakhtar Donetsk or Slavia Prague in the... Shakhtar won 3-0 uh, against Real Madrid this season. Mm-hmm. Even I... <laughs> but but, but my, my, my point was going to be that... It, it might it the, the problem I have with the Champions League and the way it benefits these teams they're never going to win the Champions League I know you sort of bring up freak results I get that yeah. but the, the kind of issue the further issue from it is well to be fair Harry Spurs nearly did <laughs> god damn right <laughs> <laughs> but the further issue from it is for me it kind of just makes their own leagues much more uncompetitive and it widens the gap between these teams and the teams below them because of their money that they get for involvement in the Champions League. That's the kind of difficulty that that comes with it, right? There's that. I think it makes it more uneven domestically. Um, what? They... But, but Harry, just sorry, just a quick count to that, and then you. Yeah, they sure. have earned. They have earned the right to be in that Champions League and to compete. They have earned the right to be battered six 0 by Real Madrid. I don't have a problem because... with that. I, I don't have a problem with them getting battered. The, the, the thing I have a problem with is I think it potentially widens the gap in their domestic leagues because their continued involvement in the Champions League. It's not something I've yeah. researched to an unbelievable level. I couldn't tell you how many times in a row Shakhtar Donetsk have won the Ukrainian League. I know Olympiakos always been the, win the bloody Greek League. and You only have to do an FM save in a foreign league to find out. Right, they, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so it kind of stems the question, right? That do we think like I think we all here disapprove of UEFA and and all the governing yeah. bodies in football? They disgust me, Harry. They disinterest me. They disinterest me as well. <laughs> but when it comes to the Champions League, firstly, did it need a revamp? And secondly, if it did, and if it needs to come, what form does it need to come in? Because I'm not convinced by this Swiss model that's been put forward either. You know what it needed to change to? It needed to change to that fourth place in the Premier League or Serie A don't qualify for the Champions League. Fourth place in the Premier League don't deserve a place in the Champions League. You think? Uh, while no. Why? 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 My counter to that would be my counter to that after finishing fourth. I know. My counter to that. And if if like. I don't think Liverpool should have qualified. If that's the rules in place, that we, we have to play what's in front of us, you know? Ali, but, we're ninth, and we're in the semi-finals of the Europa League. We are better than 95% of the teams that get entered into the Europa League that win their domestic leagues. I no. think that's why owners get their back up about this, because they look at it, and, and they have no right to, by the way. For for me, the Kroenke's getting upset that Arsenal won in the Champions League. They're not mm. even going to be in the Europa League next season. Well, tough shit. Like, you've run the club poorly, you've... You've you've lost revenues every year as a result of it, and you yes. deserve to be where you are. For me, but their argument will be, well, hold on a minute, we're in the semi final. We're better than ninety five percent of the teams that enter into this competition, and yet but, the, we're not going to be in it sorry, next sorry, season. Sorry. You're better than ninety five percent of teams that enter a competition that's ultimately for teams that have failed to qualify for the Champions League. So you've entered it as a result of failure. No, no, I so you <laughs> so winning the super sorry winning the Europa League. 
is not success. But the, but it's why? Just uh, not success no, 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 no. You are for Arsenal, <laughs> unless unless you are a, a, like an actual minnow. Like if Leicester City, instead of winning the Premier League, they finished fifth and qualified for the Europa League and won that. That's that's success. It's not success. But what I mean is, like you're talking about not having the fourth team in the Premier League qualify for the Champions League, right? If you yeah. apply that theory like further, you can't have six English teams go into the Europa League. Or is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're suggesting? What I'm suggesting is, if you're a club as 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 big as Arsenal, and as ultimately as a team that sees themselves that are entitled to separate themselves from top the rest of in the world, football, yeah. top twelve in the world, then winning the Super League, like being in the semifinal of the Europa League, should be embarrassing. You should be in the Europa League. You shouldn't be qualified. I, I am embarrassed. Expecting but... Champions League core final every single year. I don't want. I'm not, I know it's not, it's not against Arsenal fans. This is against the ownerships. No, I don't want to be in it. But their argument, I, I don't know if I'm just not articulating this very well. Their go argument on. is they don't even qualify for the Europa League under the current format. Mm-hmm. We don't qualify for the Europa League if we finish ninth, right? Because you're not good enough. <laughs> but but we are. That that's that we actually are good enough because we're in the semi-finals of it. That, that, that's but then the you argument. haven't done well enough in this season. No, I agree. <laughs> Look, I think what Harry, like, yeah, well, I think I agree with Harry. What, what Harry's trying to say is, for example, the 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 Premier League is is the most is is the best league in the world. Obviously, because of finances, yeah. we know that it's the best league in the world um, uh, alongside the uh, league. And the reason why we have four Champions League spaces is because that the, we are the best team in the world. It is most competitive, and therefore we should reflect that in the Champions mm. League because the Champions League I know it's about champions but it's also about people who are being who are doing who who are successful in their domestic leagues yeah and you can't have it balanced between every single league in Europe because I, I know but you can't have a lot of a big percentage of uh, Europe's leagues not even qualify for Champions League qualifiers when they win the, their leagues. Mm. I totally agree it with you. It shouldn't be that easy yeah. for English and Italian clubs to qualify for the Champions League, while in other countries you have to go through five qualifying matches yeah. if you win your league. The reason that I make the point, difference. like, I, I, it should be added, I do completely agree with you. If we're ninth, we yeah. don't deserve to be in European competition. We're barely yeah. in the top half of our league. Yeah. The, the reason I jump in and I make that point, however, is when you're talking about why they don't like the current format of the Champions League and how they might like like to improve it going forward. You're basically trying to appease these guys, right? And yeah. and it and it disgusts me to be putting it like that. Mm. But you're trying mm. to bring them back to the table and say, look, yeah. okay, you wanted to break away. We don't want you to break away, obviously, even if they are repulsed by it. But these guys are going to come back mm. by the sounds of it. Mm. This is what we're putting forward. If you put in front of them, we're going to offer even less English teams a route into the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, there's the door as, as as far as they're concerned. So, like, I don't even necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but it's yeah. it's kind of a matter of compromise. How do you put forward the best competition, which gets as many teams from as many different countries as possible, but also reflects the 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 quality and caliber to an appropriate level as well? That that that's the comp- that's the difficulty. Yeah, the thing is, Harry, tough shit. Yes, you have to go to Shakhtar Donetsk on a on a Wednesday night um, when you don't want to. You, fans, 
love the Champions League. I love watching every single Champions League game. It doesn't matter who the minnow is. Uh, and that might sound derogatory. It's not. They're obviously a smaller team and we're obviously going to beat them. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no. uh, but what I'm saying is, yeah, tough shit. That's not what football's not about. You having getting to play the the what you call the best brands or the best best teams in the world. Football's about earning the right to be where you are, earning the right to get into the Champions League, either qualifying for the Europa League or by by getting the top four. Like you said, you you don't deserve to be in the top four, and therefore you're not going to be, and that, that's how it should work. Tough shit to the owners who want to be appeased and want and want to play Real Madrid every every other week. Don't care. If if that's your if that's their attitude, they should not run a club, because clubs are not about earning money from travelling abroad. They're about playing teams abroad who have earned the right to play you. Yeah, no, no, that, I, I, that my my personal opinion would be in agreement with you. But I, 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 I think. Harry, um, sorry, this is this has just come in a few minutes ago. Manchester City officially pull out. Man City are out as well. There they have officially pulled out as the the first team out of the twelve to have done so. So they've officially announced that. Uh, yep. Venga, it's funny. Bellerin's also tweeted. Just want to read this out quickly. Uh, to all the Arsenal lovers, take care of the values of the club. My love and support forever, Arsene Wenger. So it's. I mean, it's clear. Like it, it confirms what we thought which is none yeah. of these footballers like it none of them agree with yeah. it and none of them want to play in it so it's done i mean it's it, honestly i've never seen such an absurd proposal fall so flat and be dead in the water so quickly it's astonishing um one of the things i wanted to oh, ask about there's another big one there's another big one and this is like a subplot but it's a very, it. very big subplot uh tribus one of the uh partners of liverpool um, Tribus Watchmakers. Um, and honestly, I haven't heard of this company much. I'm not a watch person. Um, as the official global timing partner of Liverpool FC and a family of dedicated lifelong uh, fans based in the city of Liverpool, Tribus Watchmakers Limited cannot support the move by the club's owners to break away into a new competition, the Super League. Our values are at the forefront of everything we do. Therefore, we will be withdrawing from this partnership. Football belongs to the fans and unites all uh, and unites us all, and it will never intend to benefit the few. Tribus have pulled out of a partnership with Liverpool Football. A a Liverpool Football Club partner have pulled out as a result of this. No matter, regardless of the result of of all of that, even if the entire thing crashes down and they're cancelled, yeah, they just said. I mean. And there's zero surprise on mind. I'm sure we'll we'll see more of this in truth. I mean, it, it shouldn't it be forgotten. It should not be forgotten by us yeah. in the slightest. One one thing I did want to ask Pat about was sort of as this news broke and, you know, we, we got kind of given an idea of how the competition would work and who were driving this, the people that were sort of at the forefront of it. Three of them American owners. And kind of the more you learn about the competition the more of an american aspect there is to it as i mentioned earlier no promotion no relegation no jeopardy to it all um how many parallels for you pat can be drawn between what was put forward uh and the system that 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 you have in america And, and do you think there's any way in which you could replicate that in football or in any european sport 
Well, it already is replicated in the MLS. Like, there's no there's no relegation in the MLS, and in fact, they're expanding. Like, more and more teams are coming in every year, and those teams are buying their way into the MLS. But in terms of like parallels, there's some, there's some, there's some, and there, like, there's some people are saying that's exactly like being American sport. It's not. There's not exact parallels. But in terms of there being no jeopardy, like, there's some jeopardy. In in American sports, but the only jeopardy is that you don't make the playoffs, you make less money, you'll come back the next season, make more money. And I was looking at a, a Forbes list of most valuable franchises in the world, like globally, US, Europe, whatever. The first are the Dallas Cowboys. They have been defini definition of mediocre for the past two decades. Knicks are the third most. They have been a dumpster fire for two decades. The Bears are 13 on the list. They are not associated with winning at all. And the Chicago Bulls and New York Jets are both tied for 17th. Both have been terrible for the past two decades. The Jets have not done anything 69. So you could see why these owners want to take Jeopardy out of the game, make money. And like George, mm -hmm. said, George said earlier, like like a football club isn't supposed to make, isn't supposed to be a moneymaker. It's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be a football club. Not to these owners. These owners buy these clubs to make money, and that's it. They just want to line their pockets, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes I like wow. I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to those things. The Knicks, the Cowboys are the most valuable yeah. team in the world, wow. and like all those those teams, none of them are associated with any success in the past two decades. Yeah, zero championships between the seven of them. I barely remember watching the Cowboys in in an NFL playoff game. I mean that that that's that's what I see Arsenal as under Kroenke. I mean we're just another it's one of his brands. I mean, it's the brands. They build the, they build the brands. They make money, and that's it. Yeah, no, totally. Like how many sports teams does he own in America? Like they're not very successful from what I hear. I mean Stan Kroenke. Yeah. So Stan Kroenke, he owned the LA Rams. The, I know of. He, he he so he owned the the Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, yeah, and and the Colorado Avalanche. But then when he bought the Rams, to be an owner in the NFL, you can't own a different sports team in a different market. So he had to get rid of his uh, Denver uh, ownerships. But he bought the St. Louis Rams, and within five years, he moved them to LA. And and how the, it? The, sorry, the irony. The irony is that the people who have been pushing this, apart from Liverpool, the people, who, the owners that have been pushing this most uh, aggressively, are the ones who are running their clubs into the ground. They're the worst owners, like uh, genuinely the worst businessmen. Like Barcelona, one billion pounds in debt. Real Madrid, nine hundred as well. Yeah, they, the the Glazers are chipping off money, so I guess businessmen they're great. But but in terms of actual like brand, Man United have been gone gone down the drain. And also, well, not gone down the drain. They're still a massive brand, but in terms of success, and then also their stadiums, are, it's 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 great stadium in terms of the history. It's rusting. They've let it oh, rust. Right. It's 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 disgraceful. So the owners pushing this most aggressively are, are are the worst ones, and yet they've got the most money and they've got the most power. And like Pat says, it doesn't matter about success anymore. It matters how how many shirts you sell. Yeah, I how mean, many subscriptions as well. 
Yeah, how many yeah. subscriptions? Oh, <laughs> yeah, like Perez is a bad owner. Like when he, when he talks about mm. wanting to do the best for football and to save football, he does want to save football. Yeah. He wants to save himself. No, that interview yesterday was every sentence. Can we just take a second to just just laugh at, no, at some of the quotes? No, no. No. Just 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 oh. some of the quotes the man came out with about oh, young people oh, losing can, interest can in honest? football. I do feel for yeah, the children. Though, it has to be said. <laughs> you feel for what? The children. The children. <laughs> when oh, you yeah. were reading them out on your stream last night, Harry, I kind of gained respect because he was just talking so much. Yeah, shit with his chest. chest. Yeah. yeah, he's like confident. I can't believe no, I can't believe uh, I'm gonna say this, right? I will give him credit for one thing. I think I said this last night. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say, at least he's not faceless, like the other guys involved <laughs> in this. Joel Glazer, Stan Kroenke, John W. Henry. We probably won't hear from these guys. The whole yeah. thing's been canned. It's been curtailed. Joel not... Glazer doesn't know the offside rule. Who is Joel Glazer? Have we he's ever the had vice him? chairman? Who of... is he? Though? I've, I've literally <laughs> never heard of him. I don't know what he sounds I, like. I thought, I thought um, you, you, you hear of um, oh, spares. Why, why can't I? Levy. The chairman Levy. Levy. Yeah, you hear of Daniel Levy all the time because he's the face of Spurs not now. Even the owner. Even not the him. owner. Yeah, it's owner. Joe yeah, Lewis. exactly. Yeah. He's the face. Of, like, and that's it. You you get Ed Woodward. Uh, like these people. Are puppets to but and, and they're puppets for people who are who want to destroy our game uh, and it's so sad and it's so like we said before spineless faceless who are these people wanting to take away our, our beautiful game who are they <sighs> there are people that have been allowed by the Premier league to it's outrageous i mean it's absolutely <laughs> it's outrageous yeah it's absolutely outrageous. But, you know, we, we young people are losing interest in the game and 40% of people don't like football, apparently. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, making the games 15 minutes with a two-hour Beyonce performance in the middle of them, that will solve it all. I mean, great. And, and, and the other thing is, uh, if, if people are yeah. losing interest, <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, Beyonce. Oh, God. Um, the other thing is, is like, if... If people are losing interest in football, um, did you not like take a minute to ask yourself why? Um, and the, the answer could potentially be, but because most people are getting priced out of it. Like, yeah. have you did you make that consideration at all? Well, that, that's How much the thing. Have to watch the Champions League after uh, being I, terrestrial tel- television until the <sighs> late two thousands. I should have said this earlier, right? That the whole thing is despicable, right? But it's not even that they didn't say anything. By not saying anything, you leave this void, and the void is filled by criticism. So they're not even just despicable. They're actually just shit at what they do. Because they could have come out and done this. I I hate it, right? I would have hated it anyway. But they could have done it in such a better way than they actually did. If they came out and they said, yeah, we're doing this, but we're getting paid a fuck ton of money by JP Morgan, so ticket prices are going to come right down, and we're going to do a lot for the grassroots, and we're going to do loads for the women's game, and sort of like laid out all that they were going to do. But instead it was uh, a blanket statement, and and a shoddy, scrappy thrown at the end, oh yeah, and we might harbour aspirations to replicate this within the women's game. I mean, are these guys from the moon? Or like... Like, it is just astonishing. It is absolutely astonishing. Um... But as I said, you know, like um, this, this is how you, this is how you garner interest. Apparently, um, bonkers, absolutely bonkers. 
Where, where, where do we go from here, guys? What, what, what's the next step? Oh, FJC, you, you take this first. Tough question to answer. Where do you want um, us? Where, where, what? You want to see the the big club sanctioned? Um, there needs to be more done about what can be done for, done to make sure ownerships can't just abuse a power like this again, which is basically the fifty plus one. To fifty plus one, I assume you're with that as well, George. Yes, there needs some 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 form of it. Um, needs to be some some sort of reforms in terms of UEFA and things like that as well, because this has happened because they've been slacking and make keeping more money for themselves, not not giving the money back to the clubs in terms of what they feel they're worth. Yeah, and yeah. Just, I, I mean, um, again, and, and as I said at the, the show, um always under any circumstances ask why so and you will never get enough answers but the more answers you get the better not enough questions about have been answered about the formation of the premier league and the premier league is 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 a great league like this is the best league in the world but it was potentially right now perceived by most people that watch football as the base that that led to this this elitism that led to the formation of the Super League and the phrases of top four and top six, especially that top six phrase. Sky generated that, which which, which yeah. makes me laugh. Big six, not top six. It's it, it, like four of the top to be a big five. Not in the top six. Yeah, it, well, no, it was the big five when the Premier League was formed. Um, yeah. so Everton were just, part of that. Which, which they, that's kind of the other thing I've kind of had a problem with throughout this is, you know, clubs are being hypocritical, but you have to stand alongside them because ultimately you're all on the same side. So when Everton are talking about, it's despicable. I mean, it is, but guys, like you were one of the founding five of of the Premier League. You were right there in in that big five group. Um, I'm really uncomfortable with heralding Chelsea and Manchester City as the heroes and all of this. I think it warrants a discussion. Yeah, um, and, and uh, the reaction on Twitter, it's heartening, is is like if they pulled out, but it's uh, like, you've done it. You've are they to blame for why we were there in the first place as well? Exactly. I think, well, I think that they're, 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 they're certainly to blame for, for, for the state that football's in. Uh, what, what I would say... Um, uh, You've got the the only credit you can give Man City and Chelsea and and PSG. No, you never give them. No, 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 no. One sec. Give me a second. Give me a second. Not for that. I'm saying, I'm saying that the only the only credit you can give them is uh, Chelsea. Throughout the pandemic, were were the best club for the community. Um, They housed nurses. They paid their staff full wages and obviously that's because they had the money to do so but uh, the, the the idea that spurs didn't and arsenal didn't is 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 laughable really um furloughed and liverpool live uh, furloughing but but so so credit no it's disgraceful <laughs> you can't you cannot forgive them you can't forgive them and i i realized how soulless chelsea was after he sacked frank lampard so I'm not at all surprised that we 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 didn't have. And th- this is the thing: Man City and Chelsea could have banded together and stopped this, and they they didn't. They appeased them. It, 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 you can make 
massive parallels to to you know world wars and and whatnot with appeasement you let it happen lads you let it happen and then also you were complicit hang your heads in shame uh it's great that they've made it tumble down because arguably without man city and chelsea pulling out you know this definitely would have gone ahead uh but but don't be there in the first place don't sit on that table don't talk to those people um so yeah yeah, I, I think that if they actively oppose it in the first place, Man City and Chelsea, I think it leaves it in a oh, much, it much weaker position than, than it was in already. Um, there's sort of conflicting reports about it at the moment with regards to teams that put So Man City are out, they've announced it. Um, Chelsea intend to do so as well. You know, I, I really hope this all just gets resolved as soon as possible because the uncertainty is still there with regards to... Um, exactly the sort of timeline we're going to get with it all. But ultimately, I think we're at a position where it can't happen. The players have <laughs> they've made it so clear they don't want it to happen. That statement going out by Liverpool players is a massive fuck you to yeah. it all. They couldn't... The idea that they, they could force it through anyway with... with I think it was a Yugo poll and it was a snap poll and they only did 1,400 people. But it was like 79% of people opposed it. I'm surprised oh, it's that low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I sorry, no, it's, 21% yeah, that yeah. they didn't oppose it, it were. <laughs> uh, and then it was another six Bots, that, of all football fans, another six that, that that didn't know. It was 14% who supported it. So so the idea that they could hang on with 14% of football fans, it's... Ah, the yeah, the audacity. It's, it's outrageous. Well, 14% of UK football fans... Nothing about it. Yeah, they they could they could lose that. What do you say, seventy nine percent? They would gain that in an instant with Asia and America. That's the problem, isn't it? Is that they're happy to do that in in their mind? It's okay. Well, we might lose the fans in the stadium. Well, tough shit. We're gonna go and play in Miami. We're gonna go and play in they Saudi Arabia. They don't care where. The and we'll stream it to two hundred billion in China on uh, two hundred two hundred billion. Christ, two hundred million in China. Um, on Netflix or Amazon Prime or DAZN or whoever takes it. Amazon don't want it. No, no one does. That, that's how shoddy and disorganised it was, Ali. They didn't even like line up a broadcaster. It was the most haphazard, scrappy doings you'll possibly ever see. I mean, it is shocking. Shocking. How did these people make so much money? They're so stupid. I think they panicked because that Champions League was coming in. It's, I mean, honestly, like, it's so poorly done. It is incredible. It's hilarious how bad it was. It's like the fact they haven't lined up referees and players. They haven't got players on board. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, who do you think's gonna like? Uh, yeah, you could get on. You know, get back the people who went over to China and you know pl- played their way out. But they're all thirty-four year olds. The quality's not gonna be the same. No one cares about that. I don't watch the Chinese league, and there's a reason like, for that. Like, what happens when a club goes out of reach of uh, actual win- actually winning it as well? In the second half of the season. Oh, it, it, like this is the thing, isn't it? Like talking about um, talking about young people being disinterested in the sport, but then proposing the most bland, predictable, yep. boring yeah. spectacle. It's like the glorified preseason tournament, like at the Emirates Cup mm-hmm. with more participants. I mean, Audi Cup is a great cup. The Audi Cup. Say you won that, didn't you? Yeah, you won that. <laughs> It's, it's one of Spurs' only trophies. They hold it in high regard over there. I mean, we'll be last to leave Arsenal and Spurs. It'll be the um, 
last to leave trophy we're competing for there. I'll tell you... Uh, it'd be Man United. Man United would be last. You don't want to be last out. Like, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to be last out I is... Think, I think Perez will be last out. <laughs> it'd be funny if he wasn't, wouldn't it? He's <laughs> just taking... Well, they can't leave anyway. <laughs> Pat, what, do you, what, how, uh, what would you like to happen next uh, with the clubs participating in the Super League? Because I know you never got to, to say that. Um, and also... Do you have reflections on what you'd like to happen in American sport off the back of American. the outrage about the Super League because of American sport is never going to change. American sport is never going to change. It's too ingrained in their culture. Like mm -hmm. fans have no illusion that we matter. We just want to be entertained, and that's really it. Yeah. But uh, in terms of what I want to happen to like the twelve teams, I mean it would. Be Idealistically, it'd be nice if all the owners left and we got the 50 plus one. But in a realistic world, I don't see anything changing much. Yeah. Well, apart from the fact that the Super League is over. And well, I mean, yeah, but I I, like I'm still. Sport. I'll tell you what. This Madrid Zone Twitter account has really had a day out here. They're, they're the one that's been doing <laughs> absolutely every update and development with regards to. I don't to know this. how they got it, but they are. I, I'm not sure they have. They've got quite a Half lot. Half of what they tweet out seems okay. to be rubbish. If, if you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, some of it sticks. True. It seems yeah. to be like quantity <laughs> over quality from this Twitter account, and eventually they get one like, right. It's like these transfer rumor accounts that you may this player's going to, oh, yeah. this club are after this player. Occasionally, they're if player blind. If players, you're going to get one. Exactly. No, that is exactly it. Um, we're hoping for more developments in the coming days, more positive developments. I think that there's more to come in terms of this, in terms of discussing it and, and where we go from here. Um, I know Arsenal have got a, a cronky out a March plan on Friday. I might even be there myself. This can't be the end of it, guys. I mean, it absolutely cannot be. Like, we can't let this be the last we discuss of of these owners and what they've tried to do here. I mean, it's it's reprehensible. Um, this has to mark a turning point. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's all we'll say on it for now. I want to thank FJC and Pat o for coming on for the first time. It's been great having you boys on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Oh, mate, pleasure. Um, we should have another podcast coming out later in the week with Pat talking about the Carabao Cup now that it seemingly might matter again. Um, oh, that's happening. Ryan Mason's lily white. Ryan Mason's tricky white <laughs> army against Pep Guardiola should be interesting. Um, thanks to this Ali and George. will be a battering. <laughs> Say what? Well, you know, we'll, we'll make the case for them. We'll make the case for them and why they might be able to pull something off. Exactly. There's a lot to be said. Um, Thanks as ever to Ali and George, and we'll, we'll catch you all on the next one. Cheers. Cheers.